that I grew up dark skinned. People didn't affirm me, you know, obviously, you know, the colorism in the community, the things that people would say about me to bring me down, to like just make me not confident and believe in myself. Always trying to, people always try to tone me down. Um, and I think that the healing from that just came from me really understanding who I was and that um, nobody got to determine that for me. Like, I'll even go as far as to say, like, I used to not want to be in the sun because I was scared of how dark I was going to get. And then I realized, like, when I stopped hiding from the sun, literally and figuratively, like, things just really opened up in my life. I've always been optimistic, but like, man, I just really noticed how bright things were. What up, though, Black Friday's family? Welcome back to another installment of the Black Friday's podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in the building, the founder, creator of Ghetto Mantras, Miss Jivon Chi. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for pulling up to the podcast. Definitely appreciate it. I like a virtual pull up. It's, it's good on my time. <laughs> it's good for the spirit, too. So yes. it, it works out. So Ghetto Mantras, very intrigued. I've actually been following your page for a minute now, but really want to learn from the person themselves who created it. Can you tell us more about Ghetto Mantras and what makes them so ghetto? Oh, that's a good question. Ghetto Mantras and what make them so ghetto? Me. I'm I'm, I'm who make the mantras ghetto. Um, I'm from Dexter and Davidson in Detroit, Michigan. I grew up there all my life. Um, then moved to Seven Mile. I feel like I'm the epitome of a ghetto girl. I graduated from college on Six Mile. like. You know, you know what time it is. Um, and more about Ghetto Mantras. So Ghetto Mantras is my brand. It's a wellness brand where we do online content, self-care experiences, and self-care packages partnering with other Black-owned businesses. Fire. Fire. And what made you come up with that concept? Because it's a lot of different ways that you can kind of go towards the overall wellness route um, and well-being. But what made you want to go that route in terms of the products? Well, I've I've always had how I communicate with my online audience is something I've always done. Right. But Spotify a couple of years ago had came out with a platform where they wanted to give people podcasts. This is my podcast was new. And I was like, oh, y'all, I think I should do this. And my friend said yes. And so I'm like, what's the name? What's the name? So I'm workshopping with my friends, my cousin. Um, and we all came to the name of Ghetto Mantras. Now, I believe that was in 2017 or 18, but we didn't start selling stuff until the pandemic because obviously, you know, people were going through it. And I felt that I needed to insert my own form of like culturally sensitive self-care. Mm. And that's how we got started in um, August of 2020. I love that culturally sensitive self-care because you self-care has been a hot thing for a while, but in yeah. terms of making sure that is for the people who is intended to be for or like scaling down on a particular like subset of right. folks. I think it's, it's definitely very important. And you see, at least just from us being from Detroit and understanding the community and the vibes, that there are a lot of people who fall under that umbrella of ghetto mantras, so to speak, or mm -hmm. would, would come from around that way. And like people like to say, I'm a uh, what? Um, and holy or whatever it is like I'm you know, 
ghetto. That's what I tell people. I am medium ghetto. Um, <laughs> I graduated with a bachelor's in mathematics because it was easy to me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have all of that knowledge and I can do academic or academia with the best of them, but I'm just ghetto. And that's just, once I stepped into that, like my life just got a lot better. I didn't, it was just certain parts of myself that I didn't have to deny. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to dig more into your story, but I'm going to introduce you to my favorite part of Black Fridays, which is Freestyle Fridays. So Freestyle Fridays, not sure if you've seen the episode or not, but it's all random questions all about you. And I just ask that you answer each one and you answer honestly. Okay. All right, let's do it. So first question I have for you, how would you spend an entire day if it was uninterrupted and i know you got a family you got a husband you got children but if you had literally a day to yourself nobody's blowing up your phone you just got 24 hours just you how would you spend that in the bed i just like to lay down i wouldn't go and have activities or nothing like that i would just spend my whole 24 hours in the bed that's what i love that's how i recharge like somebody asked me once like was i depressed i'm like i'm not depressed i just enjoy my bed it's a it just it rejuvenates me so i would spend 24 hours just in the bed doing nothing fire fire i can respect that some days <laughs> for me it's like that i don't have a ton but i can i can respect that sometimes you just need a day not doing nothing get some dirt ass watch some netflix just yes mm -hmm. cool when was the last time that you said, when was the last time you felt like you had to pop off? Now we're talking about wellness and balance and all those type of things. But when did you say you felt like the last time you had to let somebody know this ain't that? You know what? Those opportunities. Oh, you know what? Yes, I do. Um, those opportunities come far and few in between for me. Mm -hmm. But the last time that I think I really had to do it was somebody was like playing it crazy with my best friend on Twitter. And I just straight up told them like, hey, don't play with me. You know me. Don't play with me. I don't really have to say much. Once I say don't play with me, people stop playing with me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Let That's them know. It. Let That's them know. Because <laughs> the virtual pull up and go to the real pull up real quick. Yes, I don't play with me. You know me. Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're talking about ghetto mantras what's your favorite either ghetto mantra that you created or discovered or your favorite hood saying oh my favorite ghetto mantra is don't forget to be a bad bitch i had just had my son and i i feel like it took me a long time to like really get confident right i was always confident but like really confident and so by the time I did, I had spent a few years like really be, like being my ultra confident self. And then I had a baby, like, you know how that is. So I was looking at myself and I'm like, oh, I'm looking crazy. And I just had to start telling myself, like, don't forget to be a bad bitch. Like, you're a bad bitch. Don't forget it. Um, that's my favorite ghetto mantra. I say that to myself all the time. That's fire. That's mm -hmm. fire. I think mine's what, what my favorite hood saying is either it be like that sometimes or it is what it is. It be like that sometime for real. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a favorite self-care habit that you adopted? Oh, favorite self-care habit. Mm, yes. So when I journal my prayers, that's my favorite self-care habit. So I, I have a journal and I'm not even a type A person, but if somebody saw it, they probably would think I had like OCD or something crazy because I got like each tab notated for like prayers and goals and it's just like weird, weird, weird. But um, my favorite self-care thing to do is, is journal my prayers because I really think it helps me keep a, an account of 
what I'm asking God for and how I'm feeling at the same time. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Uh, mine's is uh, a little bit less um, intentional. Just playing video games, just sitting down and playing 2K for a little bit whenever uh, I just want to not think about nothing and just take I, it. I, I got one more. Okay, tell me, tell me. Going back home and spending time with my friends. I think that's been like, I'm super hyper-focused on that because like, I don't live there. So if I go home and I get to see my family and my friends, I'm so full. Like, I don't know what to do. That's dope. Mm -hmm. That's definitely the quickest way to get recharged. Yes. Yeah. And last but not least, what's the best TV show of all time in your opinion? Oh my God. <laughs> of all time? Mm-hmm. No, of all time, child. I don't have a clue. I can probably give you, let's see, of all like even from a child. Yeah, whichever one you feel like is just the, the best. Okay, I'm gonna do two. From a child, I'm going ass told by ginger, straight up. Okay. That straight was a up. That's a sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, as a grown-up, my favorite show to watch. Oh, Law and Order SVU. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm a detective a little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to you. You successfully passed Freestyle Friday. So engaging in the randomness. Seemed like yeah. it, was, it was a layup for you. So yeah, okay. I, I kind of you tripped me up on that last one of all time. I wasn't ready. <laughs> so I will getting back more into your story. I had read on your website that you wanted to create or was inspired to create the brand ghetto mantras from your experiences like growing up being bullied for different things like being dark skin and stuff like that could you kind of like talk about like those experiences and then how that led you to create ghetto mantras sure so if i go all the way back to the beginning like you already know how people come and i'm dark skin i'm loud i'm charismatic i'm like all of the things and people would just say ghetto 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 but not say it in like an affirming way like you ghetto you need to chill out blah 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 right yeah and so i i feel like i had to get over and i had older and i had to get comfortable in that i am ghetto and that's what makes me me um one of my friends her students one of her students told her like ghetto is just like poor people's creativity and once once she told me that her student said that i'm like yeah like ghetto is just like the flavor it's like the sauce and people want to run away from that so bad but like i'm not running away from what make the food taste good mm -hmm. so that's where we started with ghetto mantras um i also was very close with my grandmother and she would always have like little sayings to like make me feel better and one of them was um um i ain't gonna let you drive me crazy and so i took that and that was like it seemed like it was always my way to like cope like getting little things from my grandmother and she's no longer with us mm -hmm. uh, but it still continued to be my way to cope so that's why i ghetto mantras is important to me because it's about like documenting all of those little things that make me feel better um i have another friend who gave me this it's it's off the cuff affirmations in real time it's like my real time thoughts that console me for whatever i'm going through at that time happy or sad mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of that's kind of my origin story a little bit gotcha gotcha and then do you feel like with the brand and as long as you've been doing it that you've been able to help people who may have been like in a similar 
situation or might have like similar uh, thoughts just about themselves and their overall well-being, appearance, anything like that? Yes. And, and it's funny is because most of the time I don't think that until people meet me or like I'm at a I'm at a two two instances happened. I'm like, OK, this is kind of nuts. So I went to um, Mopop. My best friend was performing there and somebody like stopped me. and was like, you get on mantras. And I was like, whoa, because what? What are you trying to say? Like I had like maybe like a thousand followers. So what are you telling me? Like I'm get on mantras. I was like, all right, thanks. You know, um, and people do tell me that stuff in real time. Then I went to a conference in North Carolina. Somebody was like, I know you. You're ghetto mantras. I was like, um, what? Again, like, I'm not out there like that. Like, I'm out there, but I'm not out there like that. So people have told me, um, people have told me that it helps them and it it is just really it helps them be authentic. And that's the main thing about ghetto mantras. It's it's like a real place. We we not up here, we not like way too low, but we right here, right here where you are. That's what I love about it. Well, obviously, I made it, but <laughs> that's what I love about it. And you seem to be big on community and being able to like captivate those type of spaces. And um, I had started paying more attention to your page because I think I've been following for a minute. But when uh, you had a recent event, you had collaborated with Aaron Juliana, uh, yeah. who had been uh, on the format of Black Fridays before. And um, to to do an event here in Detroit and want to know if you could talk about that a little bit more. I believe it was called Good Time with the Girls. And, yeah. You know, even though it was exclusionary of men, um, <laughs> wanted to wanted to for you to tell the people a little bit more about that, how that came about. Yeah. So I'm going to find a way to include the men. Like, obviously, the mission of my brand is to prioritize, help black women prioritize self-care. But um. I got a lot of men in my space that I know enjoy me too. And so I, I'll figure that out. That's a good challenge for me. Um, but I had good time with the girls because ev everybody is doing like things virtual COVID happened, but I'm like, no, we need to get in person. We need to um, get in person and have some of these experiences in person. So I really wanted to be able for people to have like a space that they could touch to say, man, I went here and I don't feel so bad about myself anymore. And, and that happened. Like we had a lot of women sharing stories. Um, somebody just made a post yesterday. I can't reference the author right now, but it said like the quickest way to get rid of shame is to share your story. Cause if people know you don't have to be ashamed anymore. So I really wanted to create that space to put people in touch with like different forms of self-care. Like I told you, I feel best when I'm writing in my journal, but some people need self-care in a form of meditation, which Aaron facilitated. It was lovely and beautiful. Shout out to Aaron. Um, but some people need that, which I've been diving into more lately myself. Some people need um, body movement, which is I'm, I'm a former dancer, not stripper, but like ballet. Shout out to the strippers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, but shout out to all my girls that dance and all those art forms. And sometimes people need to move their body. So we had Imari Alaji um, from Sunflow Wellness, also Namaste Detroit, come do a sensual movement class. Some people have so much trauma in their bodies that like they they can't even move, right? And she did tapping affirmations. She's really dope. Um, so we had her and then we had myself who facilitated the group journaling workshop because I think people don't inquire within themselves about how they feel enough. 
-hmm. We do it, but not enough. And it's not on paper. And I can't go back and reference this for another time when I might need it. So mm -hmm. we created that space full of women. We worked with um, Janelle from Maggie May Catering. She did our catering and made our like lunch boxes. And the best thing about those is that the chicken was seasoned. It wasn't like no little roll up from Costco, you know. That baby did that thing with those. And we had um, Detroit Lux Picnics who who did our decoration and really set the vibe for us. We had it at the Riverside Marina right off the water. We really just set a vibe out a specific time for people to really come out and prioritize their, their self-care with other women. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of how the event went. And it was really good. It was my first one. And we had a good turnout. I was gonna say, is it safe to say that a good time was had with the girls? A good time was had with those <laughs> girls. Yeah, shout out to everybody that came. And shout out to uh, Janelle. That's the big homie. I call her. Uh, I, I call her TT. So yeah, she don't she don't play when it comes to the cooking. She do her. No. She do her thing. So can you talk about the importance of all of you? Uh, women, business owners, entrepreneurs in your own right coming together to do something like that. And how did you kind of curate getting everybody together, like between you and Aaron and then everybody else who was involved? How did that come about? Yep. So, okay. So we cure, I curated that event by first reaching out to Aaron. Like she was my first stop. And we just started talking about what we needed to do. And I wanted to have different women from different communities because I know everybody had a unique experience. So Janelle is obviously Aaron's best friend. So that's how we got hooked up. Um, Detroit Lux, I just found her on Instagram. That's how we got hooked up. I already knew Amari from doing a performance with her. Ooh. A while ago, I believe, I forget where we performed that together, but we did an African dance together. Um, who else helped? Oh, my cousin, her name is Aisha Boston. She did the photography for the event. So we had her in there. Let me see. I hope I'm not missing anybody. Okay. Nope. I don't think I'm missing anybody, but um, that's how I curated by just leveraging those relationships that I already had with people and kind of coming together to have a space i think that i'm realizing that i cannot serve everybody and i definitely can't serve everybody in every capacity right mm -hmm. and so even though aaron and i are in the same space um she made room for me and i make room for her whenever i can and the same thing with imari like imari has a whole like thing going on a movement going on so if you really want to get into a wellness space before i get back tap in with imari um but I think that was important for us to come together in that way because we all share different perspectives, different experiences, and it just really worked out. Like it wasn't hard to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I really liked about the collaboration is that you and Aaron, like you said, are in similar spaces where you have some things that overlap, but really are complementary to each other and being able to identify how can we work together and utilize the best of what we do and then be able to put on put out content or an experience similar to what you did. Yeah. And then you gotta be, you gotta know too, like you gotta have, you gotta be on the same frequency. Like in the opening of our video, like Erin is in the opening of our video. I want her to shine as much as she can. Even if that's like outshining me sometimes. Mm -hmm. that's, I'm okay with that. Like she just got some stuff better than I do. She got it down better than I do. Mari mm -hmm. too, they got it some stuff better down than I do. And I'm no, I'm one of those people, like, you know how some people hated group projects in school? Yeah. I'm not like that. I love group projects because I love, I know, I know 
that the best experience was going to come from having diverse perspectives. I knew that. And so I couldn't center myself. Um, and so really not centering myself really helped this thing go to where it needed to go. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And will there be a good time with the girls part two or? Yeah. So um, I recently received some funding help from Drew Holiday. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's a Milwaukee Bucks player and his wife, Lauren Holiday, who is a U.S soccer world champion olympian like these folks are stacked okay and i, I they said what do you want to do i said i want to host wellness experiences so i want to host one more in january um to really like fight seasonal depression so i hope we come back better than ever stronger than ever um for the next one that's amazing shout out to uh shout out to them for collaborating with you and providing some resources regarding that that's definitely huge when you said i don't know why i was uh i had a brain fart when you said drew holiday i'm like drew holiday and i had to think i'm like the all-star like my the all -star. Friends out there getting buckets yes um i'm actually going out there august 4th they're having a celebrity basketball game and um i submitted my mantra books right here since i know we're recording i don't know if this will be shown but like i submitted my mantra books mm -hmm. to um to them for their gift bags and so again with the mantra books i have like seven writers in here all from like the community people i know people i love um that's how i do it so fire yeah fire and speaking of the mantra books the products that you offer so you do a gift box option for people to be able to select and then you also have individual products how did you how do you go about curating those things and what to create like who who would think to you know come up with a, a mantra book and, and things like that yeah well how did i start that like i said words have always been important to me like my grandmother's words specifically right and so i started the first book in that i want to say 2020 i believe so lord i i'm not good on dates nonetheless <laughs> i got the first book out um and i just i i just looked at whose perspective i would have liked to hear and i have jen from ask jen in our book mm -hmm. we have parish soldier roy mm -hmm. or part of me with p he the king of ghetto mantras like if anybody um everybody loves ask jen um my best mm -hmm. friend charity she is a singer songwriter and even though i wouldn't say her words are ghetto it's still something that we need right so i still put her in there too um her sister which is another one of my close friends her name is Charday, is in there um, my other friend, Jasmine, who is a writer, she's in there. Another one of my friends, Melvin, um, who is a professor, actually writes in the book, too. My grandmother contributes. My mom contributes. Um, I've had a couple of other writers contribute as well. And it's been all a really good experience. Love it. Love it. And as far as the um, what would you say like the gift boxes does for those who um, decide to purchase those or, or give them to somebody else? Yeah, so I just made a video today like self-care is not all about like body butters and lip scrubs. It's really about like calling, prioritizing your life in a way where you can have abundance, right? Abund abundance to give. So I would say when somebody is getting a box, they are prioritizing self-care. And I think I didn't answer the, the last question all the way. So I'm going to go back and answer it too. Mm -hmm. So like any given box could have three to four items relating to self-care, right? Um but this last box specifically had an affirmation book it had a mantra sock 
an affirmation necklace made by Trish the Jeweler. We had recipe cards, um, drink recipes, and candles and soap from a local Milwaukee vendor. So I did Milwaukee vendors and Detroit vendors as well. Fire. And how do you go about uh, creating those collaborations? Do you try to include things that you like yourself and then put them in there or you kind of just like listen to what or pay attention to what your audience might want and, and put those in there? A little bit of both. And then I do an all call. I, I see who want to work with me. I want to work with people who want to work with me. And what's funny is, it's like I did a lot of reaching out last year to like different people and it didn't work out quite as I wanted it to. And so like, I don't know if I'm going to take that approach anymore. I think that I will, but I think more so I'm going to rely on when I make a call out that people come seek me because um, it just seems to work out better that way. And I'm still like really impressed and love all of those brands that I reach and it didn't work out with. But um, I think it works better when I make the call and then people come because then it, the, the partnership is just much more like uh, cohesive. Absolutely. And speaking of branding, one thing I did notice is like your social media is definitely uh i think very well marketed very well curated some of the contents and reels and stuff that you make do you have a process to that or how do you go about developing content because like i said i think it's, it's pretty well done no <laughs> <laughs> i hate to say that but no i wake up first thing in the morning i wake up probably about 7 a.m mm -hmm. and i film a reel and now if now if it's content that i've already had then fine but like when i'm out here talking I just wake up how I'm feeling and I film a reel. Or if I have like, I do a brain dump in my phone and I like might keep that locked in there to when I need it. So I probably have 10 reels in my phone right now. But most of the time I just wake up, I get in front of this uh, window where I'm talking to you at right now. And I just film it because I was trying to like go the polished route in the, in the YouTube route and like, let me have a set and let me have all of the things. And then I realized that I was making a process too hard for myself. And I couldn't get my stuff out because I was too wrapped up in like making it look perfect. And I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, ghetto is about innovation. And sometimes the innovation is really me just showing up. So there's no method to my madness. It's just me showing up. You're doing you. That's it. <laughs> be like that sometimes. Be like that sometimes. What about the engagement piece? Because I see that uh, people are pretty well. Uh, engaged or glued to your content just from like views and the comments and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you, are you intentional about that or or is that just another kind of, I just, I just do me. I think that that is, um, I think it's just connected to authenticity, you know, for lack of better words, if I wasn't saying real shit, nobody would react like, right. And that's just what it is. But I'm obviously saying something that people can hold on to. For sure. So, it's no rhyme or reason. It's just it's it's just being myself. That's my great guess. That's the greatest gift that God gave to me was just to be able to show up as myself. Love it. Love it. And I want to ask you as far as overall. So a part of the brand and some of the things that you do, stuff that you put out there is centered around healing or, you know, getting yourself healed. Would you be able to kind of like share with us what your healing journey kind of looked like as you've been on this process of developing this brand and putting these great products and, and curating these great events out there yeah i think that more so than anything 
I've had to heal from several different things, right? Like the biggest thing I would say was my relationship with my mom. Um, and I love my mama and we like this, we like thick as thieves, but my mom was just very old school and strict and like, you know, she was, she's a good, great mom to adults, but maybe her patience was a little thin for little kids. Mm -hmm. And I've had to heal that relationship by really just growing up and understanding how human my mom was. And like, I do think she tried her best. And sometimes I think she didn't try her best, but that's okay because that's what humans do. Sometimes we try our best a lot of the times and sometimes we don't. Right. I think once I started seeing her as human and my mom did put a lot of effort to get us back on track too. Like she, once I told her one time, like not a lot of times, but I told her one time, like, you know, mom, maybe you didn't have to handle me like that. And she was like, well, I'm sorry I made your life a living hell. I was like, girl, you did not make my life a living hell, but maybe you went too far sometimes. Hey, why you why you make your mom sound like Angela Bassett? Because that's how she did it. I'm sorry I made your life a living hell. I was like, girl, you did not. But, um, oh, that's so funny to me. But um, I just told her, like, you just could have handled me different. And then she started handling me way different. Got and I'm I'm able to communicate with her a lot more. So that's like one piece that I really had to work on. And again, like I said, I grew up dark skinned. People didn't affirm me, you know, obviously, you know, the colorism in the community, the things that people would say about me to bring me down to like, just make me not confident and believe in myself. Always trying to, people always try to tone me down. Um, and I think that the healing from that just came from me really understanding who I was and that, um, Nobody got to determine that for me. Like, I'll even go as far as to say, like, I used to not want to be in the sun because I was scared of how dark I was going to get. And then I realized, like, when I stopped hiding from the sun, literally and figuratively, like, things just really opened up in my life. I've always been optimistic, but like, man, I just really noticed how bright things were. So I think, I think. I think I think that I've done a pretty good job of just letting life teach me what it needed to and, and shifting my perspective on all of the things that I could. Absolutely. And you said you had to heal from several things. So I was curious as from your perspective, what would you say healed looks like for people who may be on their own healing journey from a certain thing and trying to figure it out? What would you say, in, in your opinion, healed looks like? Okay, so for me, heal looks like, oh, sorry, heal looks like understanding, it looks like acceptance, and it looks like uh, you shifting your perspective. Because mm -hmm. once you understand something, it's like, okay, I understand this. Now I get to the, the place of acceptance, like, okay, now since I understand it, I can accept this. And not only can I accept it, I can shift my perspective on what that means for me and how I let it affect my heart. Mm -hmm. So that's what it looks like for me. Or, and that's what I think it could look for some, like for somebody else. I think the understanding piece of what you said is, is huge, at least for me, because I think that once I get to that point of whatever it is and I can understand a little bit better, like from the other person's viewpoint or standpoint, then it's a lot easier for me to be able to navigate and deal with and then it's kind of like it don't it don't affect me as much. It doesn't bother me as much because I've had family members in the past where it's like uh, always struggling with a relationship of how to continue to like um, 
maintain or be embarrassed by them, so to speak. But then once I understood, like from their perspective, like, okay, start to think about things a little bit differently, put myself in them in their shoes. I was like, you know what? I, I get it. I get it. And it's not necessarily what I make it uh, out to be in my head. And then it, it helps change that whole dynamic of like, I can accept you for who you are and I can, you know, we can move forward with a much better understanding of each other. Baby, the way Hurt will have you making up stories about people, mm -hmm. Hurt will Hurt will change one chapter to a, a, a entirely different book if you mm -hmm. let it. And yep. you got to get some understanding about your hurt and you got to get some acceptance about it and you got to change your perspective just a little bit because I think that that's the only way to like not let it affect you anymore. Mm -hmm. And do you have, aside from, of course, purchasing your, your products or tapping in with your content, do you have any tips that you would be able to give people on how they can add more balance to their life, start their healing journey, or just um, create an overall quality of life from the, the type of the space that you're in? Do you have any tips for people out there? Well, the main thing that I've been, and you're going to get it first because I was supposed to make a video on it, but I'm going to give it to you first. Um, the main thing I would say is like cultivating your joy. I have a friend that is the queen. I mean, this woman knows how to make sure she has some joy in her life. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's the main thing is like sometimes joy really does come in the morning. Like I believe that. But also like you have to make sure that you're getting some joy from somewhere. And so that's like even being self-centered sometimes centering yourself like you have to make sure you're doing those things, because if you don't. You'll look up and you you'll look at your like whole little life as a picture and say, man, like, where's the joy? Like, what did I do for myself? So that way I could be well enough to do for others. So you got to cultivate that joy and you do got to center yourself a, a, a lot of bit. I was going to say a little bit, a lot of bit. Yeah. And what are some ways that people can like uh, look aim to center themselves? I would say the first thing is just like making sure you understand what you need. Mm. And sometimes that means do not overextend yourself. Like you can't overextend yourself all the time. And I know for black women, that's our problem a lot of the time is that we overextending. We taking care of the kids. We taking care of the families. And you don't even have to talk about like having a partner. I can be taking care of my grandma, my mama, my cousins overextending and so i think you do that but you still find a way to say okay what do i need today if going to starbucks and spending ten dollars on a drink is going to make me feel like i have bliss in my life then that's what i'm gonna do today if i need to go work out today that's what i'm doing today if i need to catch up with somebody that i know loves me that's what i'm doing today and then i'll go do all of the other things that i need to do that's huge. And I, I think that's something that's definitely missed out on, especially for black women. Like you, you mentioned, you're doing everything else except looking out for looking out for number one, looking out for you. It's a you know, what's funny. It's a generation of black women. Think about this. It's it's maybe one, two. I would say I would give it about three generations of living black women that probably have never sought therapy. Mm. Think about that. Right. I shoot. I've had a therapist ever since I think my first experience with therapy was in college. I went through a bad breakup and I just could not wrap my mind around it. I said, what happened to me? I met my Prince Charming. Are you telling me this king that went off and did the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. 
Right. And so I'm thinking about people in my mom's generation. I'm thinking about people in my grandmother's generation. I'm thinking about people right after my mom's generation. It's a whole generation of women who do not participate any kind of therapy, any kind of self-care. So what do we do for them? How can I keep pouring into them? That's and that's important. I, I've talked to older black women before and they'll straight up be like, oh, y'all going to therapy. Y'all soft. Y'all crazy. Yeah, y'all crazy. I ain't crazy. Yeah, I ain't crazy. Shout right. out to Charlie. I don't know if you know her line. Shout out to Charlie. She got a um a, a, a sweatshirt line. It says, bitch, I'm in therapy. Straight up. <laughs> and my one of my other favorite mantras is give it to God and your therapist too. Mm. Sometimes mm. you need to workshop some of that stuff out with somebody. Give it to God, yes, because that's what I do. I don't know mm. what other people do. I give it to God, and then I give it to my therapist. I call mm. my therapist so quick. I'm struggling. Yep. Can we get on the line? I need help yep. today. And I get the help, and then I'm all good. What they say, faith without work is dead? That's what they say. Faith without works is dead. Yep, but then what, what people do? They had a faith and don't be doing the work. And see, I don't know about that because I, 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 I do it all. I do it all. Because I like to think there is a, uh, I wouldn't say 50 50, but my relationship with God or my understanding is that to that point, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can give it to Him and then, you know, ask for whatever you ask for. But if you're not making an effort on your end to connect other pieces, I always think like you meet him halfway, he gonna he gonna meet you halfway or take you further. So it's like you gotta do something. You gotta have some sweat equity in the game. It's like any other relationship in business, in life, platonic, non-platonic, uh, faith. Like you you meet me halfway, I got you the rest of the way. But if you ain't gonna do nothing, why would I? I'm gonna keep you here. Yeah, you you think about this. You have a belief, right? You have a belief, and you're giving your belief nothing to work with. Oh my God! Excuse me. Hmm. Here's my belief. Oh, I'm not giving you nothing to work with. I just believe it. But it's simple enough as to say you believe it, but you ain't doing shit to achieve it. Come on now. Because the faith without works is what? Dead. <laughs> you preach, you preach it, Pastor. You preach it, Pastor. We about to pass. They say I should be doing this. <laughs> we passing around the virtual collection plate. So make sure you go to <laughs> and drop your uh drop your offering to, to Pastor Yvonne for sure. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, what do you see next on the horizon for you, for ghetto mantras, for in business, in life? What do you see in your, your crystal ball or what are you working on? Mm, what I think that I see is um, I really want to expand on the in-person wellness experiences. And I really want to have a large community or I'm not even going to say large, but I really want to have an intentional community of women that can be a sisterhood because another belief of mine is that sisterhood will save you. Um, And I think, I don't know if you all have seen the Barbie movie, but like that was kind of like the message. They're saying like, it's it's your community of women that will save you from, from, from these things. And so I really want those wellness experiences to expand. And I really wanna get a major player to help me, to help me get the word out about these uh self-care boxes i like that science you're looking like you got something in the works so we, you know what i don't have nothing in the works with faith there we go that's it <laughs> there we go there we go well thank you so much for joining the podcast today i think this, this was a very fruitful conversation i think that'll touch a lot of people and you sharing your story i think it's going to be able to 
put things in perspective for others as well. So thank you for the dope brand that you created. The work that you're doing is for sure important and, and we'd love to see more of it. Thank you. And I also want to say thank you for holding this space for me, for following me, for even sharing my new, my event out before you even like really had a conversation with me. Um, we need the storytellers. And as I consider myself one, um, I consider you one too. And so I really thank you for being a part of that community in that way. Thank you. That's, that's huge praise. I really appreciate that. Well, we will go ahead and wrap this up. Like I said, definitely been a pleasure. Appreciate you pulling up and everybody watching. I'll tap in with y'all soon. Peace. Mm -hmm.